Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets. Yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. All right. Hello and welcome to Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. You can always find us on Facebook, Deb Tomorrow Realtor. Probably the best place to go. I think we're most active on that. We're not quite with the youngins on the snap, the chat, and the Instagram. I don't know that stuff. Um, but anyways, I'm joined today, as usual, by the lovely Miss Karen Rastel, best damn letter in the state of Indiana. Karen, hello. Tell hello. us about your lunch. <laughs> I was in a small town, and it was kind of a, a knockoff of, like, Buffalo Wild Wings, but it was it was great. Service was great, and I got here right in the nick of time. <laughs> Running in the door raving about what you had for lunch. Yeah. Which was like a baked cauliflower, yeah. Not something I typically rave about. Yeah, it was fantastic. But I have to tell you, I'm trying something new today. Speaking of food, this is not a food show. This is a real estate show. In case you think, oh, I clicked on the wrong show. Um, I was telling you that I have showings late tonight. Mm -hmm. And so I try to always like, if I can pre-cook things so that right. we can have a nice dinner and I'm not stuck eating fast food and stuff. So I was making a nice stew because it's cold today, this morning, and I threw some radishes in. Okay. So I'm going to tell you how that goes. Because radishes are supposed to be, um, a, I don't want to say a good substitute, perhaps just a palatable substitute for potatoes. Interesting. And I tried to eat okay. low carb. So I thought, well, I bought some because I was going to make some radish hash browns to kind of see how that, I know it sounds really weird. I'm I don't scared. cook. So just let me know how but it I all thought, goes. Well, you know, I'm just going to throw a couple radishes in this stew and try it out and see what happens. Yeah. So there you go. I'll report back. Okay. I'm sure everybody's <laughs> dying to know how that goes. So we are in the middle of a four-part series on um, home buying. Um, I, many, many years ago, started a home buyer seminar, and we are taking now that seminar information and breaking it up into segments and doing it over the course of four shows. So today we are in uh, the third show. And we're going to be talking about how you find a home. So we spent the first two shows talking about the boring stuff, which is finding a realtor and finding a lender and getting all your ducks in a row and getting ready to pounce. Uh, and now we're going to get into the fun stuff, which is looking for homes and, uh, and that kind of thing. So we're going to start that probably in the right in the second segment. But I had something I wanted to share today because I got an email. I got a couple emails last week from... Um, past clients and I always love when they do this they'll send me an article and they'll say what do you think <laughs> and I'm like "Ooh, somebody like respects my opinion right that's kind of exciting um, and so this was one that I had gotten from a good friend of ours we'll call her Stavy and she said you know what do you think of this does it sound fishy like her gut told her Mm -hmm. It sounded probably too good to be true. She listens to the show a lot. So right. she knows that I'm always like, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. But the article, which she, I don't know if she found it on Facebook. I'm not sure where it came up. But she said, it says, uh, five brilliant ways homeowners save big. And it listed five different things. And so I looked at it. And, of course, my my radar went off and said, oh, no, this is not true. But then I actually looked at it even closer as I was getting ready for the show. 
And if you look in the top right-hand corner, I printed it out, but you can see it online too. It says advertisement. Oh, okay. And if you scroll all the way down on, if you look at it online, mm-hmm. and I don't want people, I don't want to post this article out there on Facebook because I don't want people to look at it and think I'm telling them to do these things. But if you scroll all the way down to the end of the article, it says, this is an advertorial, is that a word? An advertorial and not an actual news article, blog, or consumer protection update. So they put it out there pretty clear, but you know, we all want to hear things that are secret ways to save big. So I'm going to go over these two because this was my initial feedback to the client who sent this to me. So number one, refinance with the government's HARP program, H-A-R-P. I think there are some people who have been helped by HARP, but I think the majority of people, HARP was designed to help underwater borrowers. So you have to basically be upside down on your home. Which what that means is that your balance that you owe on your mortgage is more than the value of the home that it would appraise for. Exactly. So this is designed to help people who got screwed in 2005, 2006, when they bought maybe at the height of the boom and then the mm-hmm. housing prices dropped down, especially in places like Las Vegas and L.A. and, and you know, um, on the coast. Um Part of this is that this article doesn't even mention that your mortgage had to have been originated prior to 2009. Yes. So that's a big one. And there's a lot of other rules that make uh, many, many, many of us ineligible for this uh, this refinance. Um, but they make it sound like you'd be an idiot to not take advantage of it. So here's what they have. Is It says, how do I qualify? Click on the state on the map. So there's a map you click on. And then it says, and view your new lower rate, right? Easy. So I clicked on my state on the map. I clicked on Indiana and it asks me some questions like what's the balance of my mortgage? What's my house worth? Uh When uh, probably what my interest rate is and things like that. And then it says, great, give us your email address and we'll send you what your rate would be and how much money you would save. And what did you do? Oh, and and I (laughs) quickly escaped. (laughs) Delete, delete, delete. Um, Because what I realized at that point is that it's simply... Um, a marketing technique to get your email address mm-hmm. and then they're going to take that email address and they're going to sell it to a loan originator sure. to try and get you to refinance and handily enough they have all your information they know what your mortgage balance is they know um, what your home is worth they know what interest rate you're paying now it's all right there um, so that's the secret I never really like thought about that but I've been doing some studying on marketing and different marketing techniques and things like that. And I don't think it's like shady or wrong necessarily. Right. Like I don't think it's like illegal. Like, oh my God, these people should go to jail. It's just buyer beware. Right. Well, and then that, that small, that fine print is so fine that yeah. you have to make sure that right. you go and read it. And right. So here is, so there's five things on this list and they pretty much all work the exact same way. You read a little paragraph, you get excited and you think, oh, this sounds great. Um, And then it'll say, click here for more information. You go through and you answer some questions and then ask you to put your email address in so they can send you the response. And then they go and they sell sell Mm -hmm. that off to someone. So number one was HARP refinancing. Uh, Number two is getting solar panels, Hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting because it talks about all these tax credits and how you can basically use these tax credits to almost get solar panels free, which is not true. Um, but, uh, it, again, you go through, you give your email address. Um, then there's one about a home warranty plan. 
Mm-hmm. And we talk about home warranties a little bit on the show, and I'm kind of mixed on my opinion on home warranties. I think for some people, they're a good situation, a good um, safety net to mm-hmm. have. Um, but there's other times where I don't think they're really that, you know, important. And if you don't think anything's going to go wrong with your house, uh, you know, if your furnace is fairly new and other things are fairly new, why spend $500 when you could just put that $500 into an emergency fund? Exactly. Right. And take care of it. Um, so it's got that. And then there was one on, I've lost my notes now, but there was one on, um, I don't even understand this, a 72-hour food survival kit. <laughs> In that same article? Uh-huh. Yeah. 72 Yeah, what does that have to do with homeowners saving big? Like, in case of a, you know, apocalypse. But here's the thing. Then you don't need those solar panels that you just bought, right? <laughs> no. You certainly didn't need to refinance because the bank's probably not standing anymore because you're the only one eating because you bought the 72-hour food survival kit. Hmm, interesting. Well, maybe Stavey will, will uh, redirect that. Maybe she's putting it out there so I can find that article and, and read into it. But that is definitely something to consider. Oh, or it could have been a, Hey, this is a big saving tip now that you're a homeowner and you can't afford food because you you just installed the solar panel. The kit sells to the general public for $27 plus postage and has been rated four and a half out of five stars by customers. It's guaranteed fresh for an amazing 25 years. Yeah, that's what does that have to do with it? I am so confused, right? But again, big button you click on says claim your food kit, your free 72 hour food survival kit, whatever. Okay, and number five is use this debt payoff plan. It's about debt relief, and basically it says if you owe more than $20,000 in credit card debt, this proven debt relief program offered through many companies like Freedom Debt Relief may reduce the amount you owe. You know, and that makes me scream too. And we've talked about that because that can actually, those plans can do you a lot more damage than just sucking it up buttercup and making some cuts and and getting it paid off because it's going to do permanent long-term damage, I guess I should say, to your credit. Uh, And I think to your psyche. (laughs) That's just my opinion. That would be my opinion as well. So um, there was a show and I'm going to ask Rachel to see if she can find it because we did a show last fall where we went through, do you remember I had sound effects? Yes. And we went through several stories that pop up on my Facebook newsfeed and we debunked them. So we went through and we said, okay, here's, and they're all about real estate one way or the other, mortgages, real estate, whatever. And we said, Okay, this point, that's true. That point, not true. Right. And I think we found it was about 75% accurate and maybe so. 25% yeah. sort of misleading. Three and four. It was what, Rachel? Three and four of April 2016. April 2016? No. There was a one in 2017 we did too. I can't find it, but it's there in, in my 100 hours of... So we're going to find that and post that on Facebook. It, yeah. Um, and we also did one on mortgage myths that we debunked. That was the right. one in April 2016. But we did one just on articles. And uh, and I just think that's really interesting. So caveat emptor, as we all learned from the Brady Bunch episode. Do you remember that Brady Bunch episode? Um, maybe if you refresh. I think Greg wanted to buy a car or something. And his dad taught him the meaning of caveat emptor, buyer beware. <laughs> it was something like that. But yeah, okay. that's how I learned. There's always a lesson learned in a Brady Bunch episode. So ain't nothing like a Brady Bunch lesson. I'm telling you what, <laughs> wear your glasses when you ride your bike because 
mom, dad's anniversary present is going to get smashed. That's right. right. All right. We're going to go to break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the fun stuff um, and how you look for a house. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to RealRealEstateToday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit RealRealEstateToday.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, thank you for coming back. We, we always get way off topic in like a minute 30 during break, and then I'm like, focus, focus, focus. Okay. So we are talking today about um, when the step of searching for a home. So mm -hmm. we've talked about preparing to buy a home and all the fun stuff you need to do to get ready to do that. Um, but today we are going to talk specifically. So if you haven't listened to the previous two episodes, I highly recommend that. Um, and we're also going to be breaking these down into smaller, like 10-minute se segments or so. So go back and listen. Um, probably listening in order would be the best thing to do, uh, just to kind of keep things nice and linear for you. But this comes from a home buyer seminar that I've taught for years. Uh, and so if you listen to all of these kind of in a row, it'll all certainly become crystal clear and all of a sudden you'll be a homeowner before you know it. 
So let's talk a little bit about searching for a home. This is a conversation that I typically have with people when they come into my office. I say, where are you looking when you're laying in bed at night at 2 a.m. and you can't sleep because I know you're looking at homes Mm -hmm. and your iPad. So where are you looking? And most of them say Zillow. And then I make gagging noises and we all laugh. Um, But then I want to explain to them how a listing is born, basically. Where does that (laughs) listing information come from? How does it get to Zillow? Because I think that's important to understand so that you understand why um, information can be different on different websites. So when I get a new listing, I input it into a local database. I belong to a board of realtors. We encompass Monroe, Owen, and Greene County, Indiana. So there are different regions of uh, board of realtors, and we all have our own systems. And they're all slightly different for Mm -hmm. the most part, which is kind of frustrating. Um, But that means that if I'm looking, if someone asks me about a home that's in a different part of the state, I don't have the same access to the information that a realtor who is in that, you know, Fort Wayne, which is what, four hours away or whatever, I don't have the same access to information there and the same knowledge. And you really should be using someone who knows the area locally. But I put my information into the local database. That then feeds into a public side of that local database. What that means is that there is a database out there. In our case, it's homefinder.org. That is only listings that are listed by people who belong to my board of realtors. So every once in a while, we get this rogue realtor that comes down from Indianapolis and thinks they're going to list a house in our area, and we all make faces because uh, we're very territorial. We're like, what are you doing out here? Um, because they belong to a different uh, MLS, a different board of realtors. Mm-hmm. And so they can't put that listing into our MLS for local realtors to see. Um, so they put it into the Indianapolis system. So if you are looking for homes at homefinder.org, which, by the way, complete aside, but if you are on homefinder.org, we are undergoing a huge uh, redo of that website, the public side, which is really exciting. And I think it's going to be coming out within a month. Oh, that is exciting. So it's, I didn't realize it was that far along, but now I'm on the board of directors for the board of realtors and find out all these things. I'm like, oh, look at that. Um, So um, if it's supposed to have a lot of better searching functionalities, what happens is in, in Monroe County, um, a lot of people don't like our current local MLS. So they go and they search on Trulia and Zillow, but they don't get all the full information. So we're hoping that that, this will help with the new new system. So I input into the local MLS. It goes over onto the public side, and then eventually it starts to feed out to all these different databases. And you know there's thousands of them. I mean, Remax has their own site. All these different brokerages have their own site that you can search for homes on. Zillow, Trulia, AOL, uh, homes.com, realtor.com, realtor.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, now realtor.com is owned in part by national association of realtors. So that's a pretty good solid feed. Zillow and truly are just sort of taking the information that's right. out there, which is why sometimes the information isn't correct. Mm-hmm. The other thing that you don't typically get from most of these other websites, this is how I explain it. I don't know if it makes sense to me. I don't know if it makes sense to anyone else, but you know, our local database is designed a certain way. Then it's trying to communicate with all these other databases, Zillow and Trulia. They're their own databases, and they're designed slightly differently. So things can get lost in translation when Mm -hmm. they try to communicate with each other. Um, Now, the local, our homefinder.org, that is a straight one-to-one designed to communicate 
absolutely clearly with each other. So you're going to get the most accurate information there. And you're also going to get the most robust information there. You're going to get good information about taxes and good information about attachments and disclosures. And sometimes the seller writes a list of here's the things I've done to improve and they put it as an attachment to the listing. And you'll find that on our local where you won't find that on Zillow or Trulia. So I tell people that if you look on whatever website you're most comfortable that kind of gives you the search capabilities and parameters that you want. But if you find something you really, really like, you might go over to your local, in our case, homefinder.org and look it up there. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. For, yes. You've heard me say this 5,000 times too, though. No, um, but, you know, I've had someone just this week or at the end of last week said, well, the listing says that they're only looking, entertaining offers with a certain amount of money down. And I mm. said, how do you know this? Well, I'm reading it in the description. And I said, I'm on the homefinder.org, our local, you know, yeah. and he and he swore he was. And I said, I'm not seeing the same thing. He had to have been on another website that said that they, and essentially what, what he was saying to me and what I was interpreting was they wanted like a conventional type of yeah. financing type of situation. Yeah. And, but I don't know what he's looking at. And I said, huh. I can't, you know, I can't answer that. But that goes back to that there's such a difference in the information that is being yeah. shared or, right. uh, you know, lost so, in translation. Yeah, that's that's a great example. I just like to think of Zillow and Truly and those other websites as sort of a, a guide, but certainly not the Bible. Right. You know, the local, your local MLS is going to be the Bible in terms of the most accurate data that you can possibly find. Um, the other big frustration that we have uh, in our market, and I'm sure other markets are like this too, is that you can't easily tell if a house has an accepted offer on it. And again, that can be an issue of the databases not talking to each other clearly. We have ways that we um, categorize. So it's active means it's available. Active contingent means that it does have an offer. It's contingent on a bunch of stuff. You might be able to show it for a backup offer, but typically, you know, we're just kind of waiting to see how inspections go. Mm -hmm. And then there's pending, which means we're through inspections and it's solid and, and it's not available for backup offers. Um, and a lot of those websites don't read our active contingent status because not all markets are set up with that kind of status. Mm -hmm. So it's a big frustration that uh, there are times of the year where people send me a list of 10 houses that they like, that they see online, and possibly seven of them have already have accepted offers on them. Sure. So I always tell my clients, you know, to, to look up and send me when you see a house you like, and I'll look it up real quick in my super secret realtor side of things and tell you if it has an accepted offer or not. And I'm always happy to do that. Um, so that's kind of a little bit on how it works. Now, here's an interesting aside. You know how it used to be done before um, computers? I, I would have no idea. Yeah, because it, it's kind of overwhelming to think about, right? I mean, I think buyers just drove around and looked for signs, which is why signs were so important. Mm. And they're not so important. These days are basically used for the realtor to go, oh, this is the house. Okay, <laughs> I'm at the right place. Very good. Um, they had books in each real estate office. So when you got a new listing, you created listing sheets and you filled out certain information and you maybe photocopied some pictures after you got them developed. And then you um, took sheets around to each real estate office and they had big giant books and they would um, put your listing in, put your in listing their in the book. Okay. And then when you wanted to, when a realtor was looking for a house for a client, um, then they would go through the book and see what they could find. 
Yeah, no, I can't even imagine. It's like the, uh, you know, I'll go back old school. It's like the old catalogs that used to come in the mail right for like uh, Christmas time. And you would sit there and make yeah. your wish list through. Right. The Sears catalog. <laughs> Sears catalog yep. or <laughs> JCPenney's or right, whatever. Exactly. Uh, I don't think I could do that. Yeah. So anyways, that's how that was done. So it was kind of interesting. So now it's more of a joint effort. So in those days, you really relied on your realtor to, you know, kind of point you in the direction of homes. So with that being said, and then if a house was under contract or, or pending, would they just pull it out of that book? And that's yeah, how you would know. Okay. Probably. But I mean, my guess is that they would, uh, you would probably, the realtor would mm. probably have to call the listing realtor, gotcha. you know, for everyone and just make sure it's current and updated. Um, so in today's market, it's more of a, a joint effort where, you know, my clients are always looking for homes. You know, I don't know if they ever actually work because they're always sending me homes all day long when they're supposed to be at work. But uh, and then I'm looking, too, because I'm obsessive about new listings. And the second they pop up, I'm looking at them. So it's kind of a joint effort to figure out, you know, find homes that are available and sending them to each other and, you know, answering questions. Um, so that's a little bit different. And especially in a seller's market like we're in today, I think it's really important to think outside the box. One of the things that I um, dig in my heels and get really stubborn about is that I don't set people up on automated searches. I know a lot of realtors do that. Mm. I think that in our market, especially here in Bloomington, it's um, it's a hindrance because I think people, you end up relying on that. And we're such, we have a lot of unique homes and a lot of unique neighborhoods and it's a seller's market. You have to think outside the box a little bit sometimes. So if you say, I want to be in this exact area, well, you know what, if it's right outside, but everything else about the house is perfect, it might be worth a look, Mm -hmm. you know, or if you put a price cut off, but maybe there's a special situation where, you know, something's been on the market for a while and we could bring the price down or try and negotiate down. I mean, there's just too much. I'd rather just look at every new listing that comes on the market go through my Rolodex in my head of clients and say, this could be a good fit. And right. I just do that, you know, four or five times a day as I have a, a break between things. Um, and I think you just increase your chances. Um, the other thing I wanted to t- touch on in terms of looking at homes is there aren't secret places to find homes that are for sale. Yeah. Like, like the secret list. Yeah. You hey, sent me, would you just send me something? I right? sent you a link that I just, uh, I had just received an email uh, from a, national, you know, magazine that talked about, uh, you know, someone, I think they were in a band or something, but anyways, but that oh, they, was a punk rock guy, yeah. yeah, but that they had this, you know, for a certain That's fee right. that you could click here and we would send you this list of like, you know, pre foreclosure homes and things like that. And it's clearly those, there, there shouldn't be a fee if there yeah. are such lists, but the, the, the thing is that there aren't, <laughs> there isn't a list. And well, so, and I think the thing to think of, we'll have to post that. Did I send you that article, Rachel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was like this punk rock guy and then he ended up getting arrested. <laughs> Here's the thing. Think about this logically. Mm-hmm. I just want to like shake my fist and say, logically, if you were trying to sell something, don't you want as many people to know about it as possible? Absolutely. Where is the logic behind secret lists? There is no logic behind that. And there are a lot of things in this life that are illogical, but this is not one of them. This makes total sense. You want to expose the home to as many people as possible. Try and drum up interest. Try and drum up competition. This is free market. Mr. McGeth Economics, 12th grade, Lawrence Central High School. All right. So there are no secret places. 
what I do tell people is don't wear yourself out trying to, I, I think I have clients who every day they look at Zillow, they look at Trulia, they look at homes.com, they look at realtor.com, they look at all these websites and you're just looking at the same damn homes. I mean, there really isn't right stuff that's going to be on one or the other. It's going to appear that way because Zillow um, is going to show you a lot of these pre foreclosures that aren't really homes for sale. They're just homes that the person's behind on their payments and is public record. And that's really sad that they put that out there for everyone. Um, so there's no secret. Pick a website, stick with it, go with the one your realtor recommends, uh, and you will get good, solid information. So that's the first uh, part of searching for a home. And we're going to talk a little bit about reading those online listings and house showing etiquette when we come back from the break. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvin Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. 
To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back. We are talking today about uh, buying a home. Shocking real estate. We're also talking about a lot of other things. But anyways, we're going to focus. So we just talked about in the last segment, we talked about how you look for homes online and what are the best websites and things like that. I want to take a second here. Uh, and point out that nowhere yet in the home buying process, we are well into it. We have found a realtor. We have found a lender. We've done our due diligence. We've gotten pre-qualified for a loan. We figured out what we're doing for down payment. We're looking for homes online and we're getting ready to physically go out and look at homes. And guess what? We haven't spent any money yet. That's correct. No money out of That's pocket right. yet. So I want people to just kind of understand that. That's one of the things I always try to touch on when I'm doing the seminar um, in person is, you know, at what point do you have to spend money out of pocket? And it's actually not until you uh, start to make an offer, a little bit of money starts to come out of pocket. So it's just time. And honestly, it's as much or as little time as you need. Uh, you can pick a realtor pretty quickly, although I recommend you do some due diligence on that. You can pick a lender pretty quickly. They can pre-qualify you pretty quickly, and then you start looking at home. So don't feel like you got to take a week's vacation from work to do it. Just start in and mm-hmm. it'll happen. I feel like I need to like push people off the fence, you know, <laughs> just go, just do it. It's fine. All right. So we've talked about what websites to look at. I want to talk a little bit about when you're looking at a listing online, some of the things that you want to check out. Um, certainly, I recommend mapping the location. A lot of my clients are very savvy with the GIS, which is our local government um, GIS, was it Geographical Information Systems or something, mm-hmm. um, where you can find out a lot of information. And a lot of people are looking at Google Earth. Um, Google Earth doesn't really show you property lines, but it can show you what's around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting to me because I've been in real estate so long now that almost all the time it's like a one and done for showings. We do one showing and people know because there's so much more information readily available than there were 10 years ago that you can pull up an aerial on Google Earth and, and look. I mean, people know before we even go to the house who's next door and what's behind and mm-hmm. how many miles it is from the grocery store or whatever. They know all of that information and they go back to the pictures over and over again. Um, so I just think that's kind of interesting. So map the location. Um, you know, when you're looking at the pictures of an online listing, you want to see what you can tell about the condition. And I know this is a big thing for you, Karen. I, I do look at the photos that are available. Yeah. Yeah. But condition is really king in terms of getting financed. Yes. It's important. And so I'm looking for, I, I went round and round with a client late last year because I was like, there's no sink in that bathroom. You can see where the plumbing was, but it had been ripped out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're not going to get the kind of financing that you want to get. You're just not going to be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, in the picture, I mean, you can be very creative when, when you are, if you are the listing agent taking those pictures, because you do want to get people out to the home to yeah, actually put your best foot forward. Yeah. But I do, as a lender, I do try to jump in there and just try to see if there's anything that would step, you know, uh, jump out at me that could yeah. hinder the yeah. loan process. Another big one I get is uh, stick built versus manufactured home. I just had that on Monday. What is day two? No, I had it Friday. I okay. had that question Friday. 
And like you can usually tell from the pictures, I can tell from the pictures, but it's not always clear in the listing, unfortunately. And again, this is another time where those databases aren't always talking to each other really clearly. Um, And so Zillow might not have it marked as a manufactured home. And that makes a big difference in terms of financing. Mm -hmm. Um, So you want to take a look for that, too. You you definitely want to take a look for any attached documentation, um, seller's disclosures, lists of updates, things like that can be really helpful. And again, I'm going to say it, and you always said it in the last segment, if it feels too good to be true, it probably is. I always tell the story about a house that was listed a few years ago. I had so many people, uh, current clients, calling me about this house because the price just seemed phenomenal. It looked like this like cabin in the woods with a pond outside and just amazing. And so finally I told one of my clients, so why don't you just do a drive-by? It's bank-owned. I I knew the condition was just horrendous. Even though the pictures you couldn't really tell, Mm -hmm. my gut, I was like, there's no way that this house is priced for this. Mm -hmm. You know, it was $40,000 or something like that. There's just no way. And so I had someone drive out and they said, you know that pond that's in the picture? This like, you know, in the back? I said, yeah, and he goes, it's in the living room right now. (laughs) And I was like, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it really is, if it's too good to be true, it probably is, and ask your realtor why, (laughs) we'll probably tell you. Um, And then the next thing, once you find the houses and you know that they're available, the next thing I recommend you do, if you have time, and this is where it got kind of crazy in in 2017 and probably 2018 too, if you have time, I recommend doing a drive-by. I think that that is really important because, I mean, you're probably not going to buy the house if the neighbors are cooking meth next door, right? More than likely, no. Unless, you know, that's your thing and whatever, I'm not judging, whatever. Um, You know, or if it's on, it backs up to a busy road or if it's on a corner and it doesn't like there's sometimes there's these houses are gorgeous and they have no backyard. Mm-hmm. I've seen a few of those because of how it sits on a weird corner lot or something. And you've got kids and you really, backyard's really important to you. So there are some things like that. Even the exterior condition. I mean, if the outside's a hot mess, the inside's probably going to be a hot mess too. Um, and so yeah. that's a good predictor, uh, you know, of the condition. So those are some things you want to check out when you do a drive-by. Um, now, sometimes we don't have time for the drive-by. Um just because it's like, okay, we got to go now. <laughs> but if it's yeah. been on the market for a few days, I'm usually like, go do a quick drive-by, check it out, you know, from the outside, then let me know. Because the other thing, too, is, you know, you certainly, and this kind of gets to my next point about housing, uh, showing etiquette. But, you know, you don't want to, there's nothing worse than pulling into a driveway, meeting your client there, and the client says, I don't even want to go inside. Because, you know, the buyer, the seller has probably scrambled to, like, get the beds made and do the best they can to, like, get it, Uh you know, fixed up and ready to go. And then they don't even want to go in. Or and sometimes the seller's agent would love to hear some feedback, you know, from what your client had to say about coming in. And I'll usually (laughs) go in anyways, even if the the buyer doesn't want to go in. I had one last week where my buyer... Oh, poor guy. He he um, works at a jail, and apparently there was a jail fight the night before, and his phone got lost or something, and he forgot that he was meeting me the next morning. It was a Monday. It was like all hot mess, and so I'm sitting there in front of the house like, where is he? Where is he? And I thought, well, I drove all the way out here, and the sellers got the house ready for showing you know, sure. all the lights were on and everything. I said, so I'm going to go in, and I'm going to take some good notes, and I'm just going to give really good feedback to that way. <laughs> I don't feel as bad, you know, because there is someone on the other side. And I think it's always, you know, my, my 
philosophy, don't be an asshole. Yeah. You know, there's two parties to this, and I don't think we have to go through and, you know, be jerks to each other. So the next thing is uh, how showing etiquette. So that kind of goes into that. So the next step is once you've kind of done your drive-by, is to contact your realtor to set up a time. Now, remember, and maybe I'm too deep. Maybe I, do you think I overthink things? I think I probably overthink things. I'm overthinking that I overthink things. Do you think? <laughs> I, I think, yes. So I always say, remember that any house you're going to go into may be someone that may be owned by someone that you are going to be negotiating with for the most expensive thing that you have ever bought. Mm-hmm. So you want to be as respectful as possible throughout that whole process, which means give notice whenever humanly possible. And now we can usually tell if a house is vacant, it's not that big of a deal. But if someone's living there, you see pictures of, you know, baby cribs and stuff like that or whatever, you know, I had people that are like, you know, we want to see this house like 930. I was like, no, we're just not going to do that. They have little kids Mm -hmm. and it's past bedtime and we're just not going to do that. So try and give as much notice as possible. Uh, Don't cancel uh, at the last minute if you can help it because uh, they've probably scrambled to clean up, make beds, load the kids and the dogs in the car, drive around the neighborhood for an hour. Um, take your shoes off if asked, although I can't stand that. <laughs> we all know that's my pet peeve. Um, just give me booty sipping on over my shoes. Shoes Don't make me sit down and take my shoes off. Um, put everything back as you found it. Manage your children. Oh, that's a scary one for a realtor. You know, people just, most people are really, really good about it. And their kids are miserable. They don't understand what they're doing. Why are we walking through this person's house? They think I live there. I don't live there. I'm just the <laughs> realtor. They don't know why. Um, but, you know, most people are pretty good about making sure the kids are kind of under control. But every once in a while, they just, oh, kids well, running wild. And some clients, too, need to remember that they, that that's not their house. So if someone says, you know, you can't access that spot in the attic, don't try uh-huh. to walk in there and, you know, fall through. Yeah, there's a story I'll have to tell you sometime. Yeah. Um, don't bring along a bunch of people. A, that's really difficult for the realtor to keep track of and ensure the home is secure. I mean, somebody could unlock a window and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you've got pissed off seller because they come home and there's an unlocked window and the mm-hmm. realtor's done their best to kind of close everything up. Um, and it's difficult for you as the buyer to concentrate and decide amid all the noise of, you know, I've had people bring like 10 people with them. It's insane. Don't do that. Uh, Stay with your realtor. Remember, we talked about this on a a show before, that you may be watched um, on cameras in today's Mm -hmm. day and age, and you may even be listened to. So be respectful. Don't be HGTV and be like, you know, and say negative things about the house until you get outside. Um, Although I probably need to watch what I say sometimes too. I think I'm being funny, but probably not. Um, Pay attention to the condition of the property. But the biggest part is trust your gut. And don't overthink it. And I know I've told this story before. Um, I had a, a couple that went, uh, were going house to house. They were, I think he was an engineer, and they had designed spreadsheets. And they were going to each rank these spreadsheets, that each house, uh, by these different categories they have on the spreadsheets. And then they were going to go back and they were going to put it into their database that they had created that rate, ranked things and weighted things differently based on their importance to each you know, the husband and the wife separately. And we got to the third house and they panicked. They said, oh shit, we, you know, we haven't been doing our spreadsheets. <laughs> right. What are we going to do? And I was like, oh my gosh. And so they were like trying to like make notes and remember whatever. We got to the fourth house and they literally like threw the clipboards over their shoulders and said, forget it. Because they knew the second they walked in the house, they would be like, nope, this isn't the right one. Right. They'd walk in one and they'd be, you'd see their shoulders relax and their demeanor would totally change. And they're like, this is it. Um, so don't overthink it. Like I overthink everything. Just trust your gut. 
Uh, and that's going to be the best test for is it is it the right one or not? All right. So uh, we are going to talk a little bit more about picking the right house uh, when we come back from break. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. In this segment, we are going to talk about a little bit more about how you make that decision. Because I think that's what fine, people just kind of get tripped up about it. And in today's lovely seller's market that I am not that excited about, to be honest, you really have to be able to make your decision quickly. And that's why the first um, two shows that we did in this series are so important to, to have all ready your ducks in a row. Yeah, mm-hmm. to be able to just, but there's more to it. So I just told the story in the last segment about uh, what I call my spreadsheet show, story that I always tell people. Um, I actually just sold those that couple. I sold their house last year, okay. just last fall. Did you tell them like, hey, I, I, I use your story all the time. Yeah. No, I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not making fun of them. I'm just no. you know saying it was a really good example and eye-opening because so many people come in and they have whatever their system is. They're taking, oh my gosh, I've had some people, they take such detailed notes. And even, I, I don't remember who this was, but I can remember it clearly. They were taking such detailed notes. We were at every house for like an hour. Even when the second we walked in the house, they were like, no, not interested in this house. They would still take copious notes about every little thing in the house. I'm like, but it's not the right house. I guess they just wanted to feel sure, like be able to go back and consult the notes and go, oh, yeah, that's why it wasn't the right house or whatever. Um, but but the, the thing is, you'll know, you know, trust your gut and you'll know. So here are some of the biggest reasons why people won't make um, or are scared of making a decision or I'm not sure what the right word is there, reticent to make a decision. Um, and the first one is that they're scared of the payment. It can be a really big change from the rent. 
Um, and so we have a, a um, advice that we give people on that that we talked about in a show. I did a show with um, Dr. Um, Amanda Quinby, who's a psychologist, and we had kind of brainstormed on one of the shows and came up with this idea, which I think is brilliant, and we're calling it Practice Your Payment. Mm-hmm. So if you think that you, and I've got a, a couple right now, I'm actually showing them a house tonight, and I really feel like they need to be doing this. Um, they're renting right now. They're actually tenants of mine. So I know what their rent is, and it's very, very economical rent. I'm a great landlord. Anyways, um, because, you know, they're saving for a wedding, and they're saving mm-hmm. for a house, and so they're like, we want to, you know, just live really economically for a while. So that's great. But I know the price range of homes that they're looking at, and it's probably going to be about double what their payment is now. And I fear that they're not going to be satisfied with, you know, what they're looking at and maybe would really need to spend a little bit more to be satisfied, but they're afraid of what that payment looks like. Uh, And so they really should have been for the past four or five months at least been making that payment. So if, you know, if you think, well, my payment... If I buy a $200,000 house, my payment's going to be $1,200. I'm making that up. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, and, you know, and so say your rent is $800. Well, take your $1,200, pay your rent out of that for the $800. You have $400 left. Just put it away. Pretend like it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and see how much it changes your life. And I think if you do that for a few months, you'll really build your confidence. And that's really going to help you. I'm telling you, this is the secret. Uh, This is going to help you be like, no big deal to buy a house at that price point because I, I, it's not impacting anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Your way of living. Exactly. So um, that I think is huge if you can do to help you make that decision. Uh, Another thing is that people are kind of concerned about the location. And there's a lot of reasons to be concerned about the location. Certainly, you know, some people are like, well, it's not really the school I wanted for my kids Mm -hmm. or whatever. But a lot of it is just, you know, well, I don't know. I'm not used to living on this side of town. I get a lot of that because in Bloomington, uh, one side of town is much more expensive than the other side of town. Uh-huh. And so there are people whose budgets dictate they probably should live on the west side of town because it's just more economical over there. Um, but they've always rented on the east side of town. And so now they're like, gosh, Target's so far away. <laughs> and I say, well, you have TJ Maxx. That's on the west side, right? That's good. Um, and so you know, that becomes an issue of practice. The location is what we say. So kind of the similar concept. So, you know, when you drive to Target, give yourself instead of, you know, five minutes to drive to Target, drive around in circles and take 15 to get to Target or to work or to wherever you go on a regular basis so that you can kind of get a sense of how much does that eat into your day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can work on the flip side too, because I've certainly had some people come to me not long, a month or two after they've bought a house and said, I can't stay on this drive. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. That would be rough. Like, I just, I don't want to live out here. I thought I did, but I don't. Yeah. And I would say practice that drive different times of day. I know you, I've heard you say that to mm-hmm. people, like, you know, morning time, maybe around lunch and maybe coming home in the evening just to yeah. kind of see what that drive time is yeah. like. Um, practice not getting pizza delivery. <laughs> that was sort of ours. Like, we don't get pizza delivery where we are. Um, and we probably should have practiced that a little bit. I, I don't use it that much, but, you know, there are days where you're like, just wish someone would bring me food. Right. <laughs> Not so much. Um, so uh, those, I think, are two things that you can do to really help you um, be ready to make a decision. Another reason that people are afraid of making a decision is because they're scared of value. And people really get fixated on this. And in today's seller's market, where we're seeing home values go up rapidly, 
um, for at least for our market, you know, their their prices are much higher than they were last mm-hmm. year, even for the same homes. Um, people are scared of value and feeling like, you know, what if I overpay? And of course, they've got tons of people in their ear telling them, you know, what what's going on in their market. Mm-hmm. So I think that is we are actually going to go all the way back to the very first step, which is having a really good realtor is going to help you think through that and help you understand value, um, help you know what listings to study uh, so that you feel good about the de- decision you're making in terms of value. And I would also say don't watch HGTV because that skews your whole perception of value. <laughs> <laughs> all those crazy. I think most people know that they're not going to be afraid of making decisions because of the color of the kitchen walls or I don't know if I ever had a client who didn't make a decision on a house because the appliances weren't stainless steel, I might go a little crazy. Yeah. That's the pet peeve of mine because look past that and just, yeah, make it your own. Right. So how many homes do you need to look at? I've bought two. I've in my lifetime, I've bought three primary residents, lots Mm -hmm. of rental properties, but three properties where I've actually lived Two out of the three, they were the only ones I looked at. (laughs) So there's no answer to, you you must look at least 10 homes. You know, again, if you trust your gut Mm -hmm. and you're confident with your decisions because you've sort of done your, done your research, then you're fine. Um, So there, yeah, like I said, there's no hard and fast rule on that, but take as much time as you need as well. I know I have some people, they're like, oh, you must hate us. You've been working with us for so long. And it's like, I just want you to make the right decision. And if you have the luxury of time, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. If you're not passing up reasonable houses and and being reasonable, some people, it does take a lot longer. Uh, So take as much time as you need um, and uh, just figure it, meditate, become one with your gut. (laughs) <laughs> seriously no I will say that we the house that my husband and I bought I mean it was a newly constructed home and it was the second house we looked at we went through the model home and I was like I don't like how it was set by the road mm-hmm. okay but you know whatever and I didn't think too much about it we were just just looking and then they took us up to another house completely finished and I walked in and I could everything was done and I just thought okay it's a blank canvas. I saw my furniture in there. I walked in and I was like, it doesn't have a front porch and it didn't have something else that I thought was a must have, mm-hmm. but that's what we went with anyway. Yeah. Because everything else was, was on our checklist. And 12 years later, you're still there. We're still there. So, there you go. All right. Um, so next segment, we are going to talk about negotiating. So you found your dream home. Now, what do you do? It's time to write an offer. We're going to talk about negotiating and what happens after that. So tune in next week or click on the next uh, show in this series of four to finish up our home buyer seminar. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And we'll be back with another great show next week. This was Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb, tomorrow for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.